Hello everyone and welcome back to the Hunting Couple Podcast with TJ and Judy Wood. We are still learning the ropes on this stuff, so please bear with us. Our sound equipment is in the mail, it's ordered. Judy did the research for it because she's so much better at that kind of thing than I am and we should be having better audio here pretty quick. But we wanted to jump in and record this before we are apart for a little while. I've got some hunts coming up personally, the first of the year. And we're going to do some things with that. But together we probably won't have a lot of time, at least alone, enough to record these. So uh, for our little throwback segment that we were talking about wanting to do and including in most of our episodes... We thought we would take just a minute and talk about our honeymoon right after we got married. So, when did we get married, honey? Um, we got married June... Don't forget. Hey, June 7th of 2015. Hey, I I think I got that right. June 7th, yep, I'm pretty sure, I think. I remember it had snowed five days prior and we had an outside wedding we had a pretty weird year moisture year that that year and yeah we got a freak snow slush flurry thing right before um but we got married in june and as you guys know who hunt and i'm assuming most anybody that's listening to this probably does uh, there's not a lot to hunt in june at least not in New Mexico where we're based. I don't even know if we've really covered that. I think we kind of assumed that anybody that heard this would probably know us or at least have some grasp. We are located in New Mexico, in south central New Mexico around Lincoln County right now. And uh, we hunt all over the state and we hunt outside the state some as you'll hear for this part. But uh, we had talked about some different things that we wanted to do for honeymoon. I thought I'm going to surprise Judy. Obviously, as we've talked about in the past, hunting has been a big part of our relationship all the way through our dating and our engagement and everything else. So, uh, you know, and it's not selfish if you both like to do it, right? So I thought, hey, what better way to spend a honeymoon than hunting something? (laughs) And I didn't know what to do for a hunt because... The opportunities are limited. I was even kind of thinking maybe we'll go shoot some 3D shoots with our bows or something. I wasn't real sure. It's kind of kicking stuff around. And the idea popped in my head, hey, how about we go hunt feral goats and axis deer in Hawaii? And then I realized that I was barely scraping by and we were paying for our wedding, at least most of it, out of pocket, which... We were pretty thrifty on, I gotta say. Judy's a champ and made things work on a pretty limited budget. But a uh, trip to Hawaii just wasn't looking real, real bright and uh, promising. And I had asked some people about it. One guy I asked was like, yeah, you can go do that. Or you could just drive over to Texas and do the same thing. And I kind of was taken aback by that. Um, you know, being a big western mountain hunter (laughs) say that somewhat sarcastically but sort of seriously I had a really 
narrow perception of what Texas hunting was. Uh, I've looped it all into one bag most of my life, and this is, I mean, I'll, I'll even call out myself as being a hypocrite because the first quote-unquote big game animals I ever killed with a bow was in Texas. I took two javelina with my bow when I was a youth hunter down there, but it, uh, it kind of caught me off guard and made me do some research. And being the wise individual I am, I included my wife in this and decided, you know what, surprise out the window. She's better at making decisions and smarter decisions than me a lot of times, and uh, I need some input. So Judy had some contact in Texas, and they are actually her family. So uh, who, who did we go see? Uh, we went to some of my cousins. It's actually like the blueprints we're stealing for a house if we ever get to build one. Yeah, it's uh, it was like a it's like a barn, and it had a big open kitchen and living room, and then uh, obviously a bedroom was separate separate, and so was the bathroom. And uh, but you know those high you know, had high ceilings. You could actually had quite a few animals hung up in there, and it was just it it just set the mood of, of hunting like it was it, it's absolutely perfect one day I really hope that we can build a house like that um, so this was this was on effectively a ranch they yeah. they didn't really uh, run ag agriculture animals on the ranch for themselves they leased it to a friend I think for yeah. cattle they had some cattle on it um, I, I think they have like around 500 plus acres and of course in, it's in Texas so I mean it definitely was high fenced and they had axis, they had black bucks, they had Texas dolls, they had white tail and let me tell you about these white tail guys. I mean they were huge. I mean just absolutely breathtaking. Um, the axe, the few axes that we did see, um, in my opinion, were quite large. Um, but I mean, just getting to see all the different animals was absolutely stunning. I mean, it's you know, there's nothing like seeing an elk or a mule deer, um, you know, out on the landscape. But I mean, in their backyard, they had black buck fighting and running around and. I mean, you could hear the axes crying in the night, and, well, I guess not literally crying, but... I, I think they call it, well, I think they call barking. it the roar for, uh, for Red Stag, but it, their axis deer would, would rut, basically, while we were there, or pre-rut or something, so they were, they were doing their counterpart of a bugle, but... Yeah, they had a lot of really awesome animals on this place. And oh, and turkeys. They had turkeys, too. Turkeys. They had some pigs occasionally. We didn't see any pigs uh, while we were there. But um, 
Uh, yeah, so we we had a, a great family friend who made made this happen basically, and yeah. talked to them and covered our expenses for one trophy animal from their place. And you know, I I didn't uh, I wouldn't lie and say I wasn't excited. I was excited. Uh, certainly and I've always been intrigued with the exotic animals but I did have some misconceptions that uh, you know maybe I should take my bow probably a recurve just to make this more challenging um, you know I, I'm not gonna sit over a feeder I'll go spot and stock you know you can do what you want to kind of thing uh, all this stuff and when we got there I was met with a whole bundle of surprises um, patches of prickly pear that were the size of houses that I'm used to and uh, huge bunches of mesquite and mesquite trees growing out of those and little narrow trails between everything and being from New Mexico you would think that I'd be used to stickers and cactus and stuff like yeah, that but the grass was still like two or three foot tall yeah I mean and it was just uh, it was a different landscape than I had envisioned it wasn't the you know normal you you think of for a high fence in Texas where it's like mowed grass with big uh, swaths cut through the middle of it so that uh, you can shoot for shooting lanes and stuff like that. It was actually a really wild place and the whole time we were there I think we saw uh, other than like trips out the main gate to go to town I think we saw one of the fences maybe twice maybe three times the whole time we were there. Yeah. I mean <laughs> it, which is hard to say. I mean, it's hard to hard to explain. Being somebody who's used to walking uh, several miles, double digit miles a day for a lot of our hunts, I just didn't think there was any way. But I can tell you what I had my mind absolutely set on taking an axis deer with my bow, <laughs> and uh, that did not happen. I tried a good while to do that. We, one of the only things we didn't employ which would have actually been legal but we didn't hunt at night uh, we didn't want to do that we wanted to hunt during the day but we tried sitting some blinds we sat at some feeders we sat at some crossings we glassed we stalked we did all kinds of stuff and how many axis bucks did we see the whole time we were there two two yeah i think yeah two axis bucks both of them really small uh and up and comers and they had kind of asked us because they had oh, some pretty I, strict management. I thought they were big, but that doesn't... I, I don't know what yeah. axis deer are. They were, yeah. <laughs> For the size, I They guess. were shooters in our book, definitely. One of them specifically. He had, I think they call them their caudals, maybe. I could be completely misspeaking and saying a word that could mean something terrible, for all I know. But uh, uh, where they have three points, which is a typical mature axis buck. Um, one of them that we saw did, but they had asked us specifically not to shoot that deer because it wasn't as big as what they were used to uh, taking off the place and I finally asked like how many mature axis deer they thought they had and they knew they knew that they had many I don't remember what the exact word or uh, number was that they threw out there but anyways we didn't see them they're very elusive and uh, we didn't get anything like that we ended up each shooting a black buck and shot our black buck with a rifle which was extremely different for me because 
I think at that time, the last thing other than predators that I'd shot with a rifle, big game wise, uh, I was 17 or so. And Judy made an excellent shot on her black buck. She shot hers first and made a good decision because it ended up being a fair bit bigger than mine. <laughs> Sorry, we're driving again and I just saw a deer. But uh, Judy's was quite a bit bigger than mine. And I um, shot mine on... Mine, mine is actually considered a trophy. Um, and it's whatever, I think they... I don't remember which record book they were talk, talking about. I think it might have been Records of Exotics or SCI. But hers met the standard to be measured as a, as a gold. And mine did not. Mine was a nice mature buck and had a beautiful cape and color. We ended up shoulder mounting both of these animals. Yep. And uh, mine was beautiful. He's just not all that big. <laughs> yeah, yours was more black and mine was more, I mean, mine had black in it, but it was more tan. It was more like, a, it was a younger, it was a younger buck. Yeah, a little bit more fawn color. And we've had, yeah. I, I'm still unsure, but I've had people tell me that that has to do with age. I've heard people say that has nothing to do with age. Just has to do with like aggression towards testosterone, like the time that they're, that particular animal is rutting. Um, and dominance and all that so I, I don't really know but they're both really pretty animals we've mounted both of them and they taste amazing yeah so one of the only things that I could kind of compare it to is it is most similar to oryx compared to most of the other stuff that we've had it's not like deer or elk um, or, or pronghorn even it uh, it's a pretty mild meat but it marinates and everything really well very lean it doesn't take a lot of heat to cook but it is delicious so we did that and the family friends people that we had that made the arrangements uh, also were very very kind and let us take a couple of does black buck does yeah, off the property I, I shot a doe with my with my bow and it literally jumped up six feet in the air yeah, it was a it was a fantastic shot. It was, crazy. It was a fantastic shot, uh, and the thing jumped up and like flipped, and it was it was pretty crazy. They've got some spring to them for sure, and uh, we actually ended up having to put dogs on that track because of how thick the brush was and everything. It was really it was really crazy and ridiculous. Oh, and I just want to add, it was hot. I mean, it was so hot. In, this, in that state, oh my goodness, it was hot. And on top of that, I'm pretty sure we both were suffering from a terrible sinus infection. Yeah, we both got sick right before our wedding, which, uh, it, you know, adds to all of that awesome experience. But, yeah. but springtime in the Gila, the wind blows and the wind blows and it blows. And of course, those lovely cedar trees, um, they, they're not kind to us. So whenever we got out of the cedar trees, the sinus infection had already taken its, its toll on us. Yeah, instead of being, you know, normal folks and going and getting some treatment for that, we decided, oh, let's, uh, let's go hunt first. And if it's still bad in a few days, we'll, yeah, we'll go get looked at. I'm pretty sure we sweated all the infection that was in our bodies out. 
Yeah, I've never I've never done sauna time, but I'm pretty sure that was as close as I'm gonna get. But it was yeah, it was pretty miserable. I'm, yeah, I don't know, might have been hallucinating a little bit. And some of those tin roof blinds that we were sitting in in the sun in Ozona in June is pretty rough. That's another misconception I had. I had absolutely zero uh, interest, I guess you'd say, in shooting any of the hair sheep, any of the exotic sheep, unless it was a living, breathing example of something that occurred wild somewhere in the world. So, like a mouflon or Arminian mouflon or a Uriel or something like that I was interested in to some extent, probably not even a lot. But, uh, you know, the Texas Dolls, the Black Hawaiian, stuff like that, I just wasn't, just wasn't all that keen on doing. And those sheep, those white hair sheep, were not only extremely wily, but were also insanely impressive. They had some yeah, huge horns. They were huge. But, uh, so we had stayed out our welcome with those folks. And we had planned a few more days to travel around the hill country and explore for our honeymoon. Uh, absolute redneck as it might be on my part. I knew that we were going to be gathering some meat. It was going to be early on the trip and I didn't know what we were going to do to keep it. So I actually got a small chest freezer yeah. and put in the back of our truck, in the back of our pickup. Took an and extension cord. <laughs> took an extension cord and everywhere we stayed we'd back up to the motel room, open a window, crack the door, run the extension cord in, and freeze up the freezer. And it actually worked really well. It really did. Uh, we got a lot of comments on it. We looked like one of those traveling meat salesmen or something. But uh, it worked really well. So um, we had made some arrangements, and basically we weren't done hunting, <laughs> but we were done where we could hunt. So we started looking around and trying to figure out somewhere else to go. And we ended up finding a place that advertised uh, budget-friendly ram hunts. And with my newfound idea that, hey, maybe I would shoot one of these Texas dolls. And Judy seemed really interested in that. We said, hey, let's give this a try. And so we went down and met up with a fella who, anybody that's done any research on ram hunting in Texas uh, has heard his name, I'm sure, but his name is Thompson Temple. It's the Thompson Temple Ranch. And he is amazing, guys. He's a very godly man. and um, Super sweet. Super nice. Um, he actually made me cry because he, um, I mean, at our wedding, everybody prayed for us. Um, but he took the time and, and prayed with us during our honeymoon. And it, it meant the world to me. Yeah, he, he sat with us and... And actually uh, put his hands on our shoulders and prayed over our marriage. And um, I know some people are probably, you know, not super keen on talking about that kind of stuff. But it's a big part of our relationship. Uh, we won't won't try to push it on anybody. We don't believe that that's what we're led to do. But at the same time, if uh, if we can share our message with anybody, we're more than happy to. And we make giant mistakes. And you might hear me. Uh, even say a foul word on here on occasion if I swerve to miss a dog or something that runs out in the road ahead of us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, I, we, you know, we all make mistakes. We're far from perfect, but 
uh, our our relationship's definitely a deep faith-based and we base it around our creator and we'll just leave it at that for for now but uh thompson temple he is a fantastic guy it is a little bit more of what i had expected from a texas hunt in that some people would call it a canned hunt and to some extent parts of it was so he has a ranch that he goes and he has to buy rams and turn out on his ranch and then people come and hunt them which is a lot of the Texas hunting operations and uh, he has to do this on a regular basis because he's a busy fella and some perspective was brought to my attention that I had never thought of on this trip and for what it was just taking the experience for what it was not trying to make anything else out of it just face value go experience it we had an absolute blast, and I'll be open and upfront and say we've done it since, We and we'll probably do it again. Um, for someone who is a new hunter, or is getting into it, or is trying a different weapon type, anything they're trying to get used to, it's a fantastic way to go take aim and, and try some stocks and try some stuff on living, breathing animals, and and actually get some decent meat out of the out of the ordeal uh, there's gonna be some people that don't agree with that but if you don't make that stuff edible you're probably not trying very hard because uh, some of it's been really really good for us uh, we've liked it but I mean really you can smother anything in red chili and make it taste good <laughs> right red chili jerky summer sausage any of that stuff I know I mean we've ate javelina and uh, you know javelina tastes pretty good and you get to that aftertaste but you got a little red chili you're good yeah i mean given the choice i definitely would rather eat a texas doll sheep than a javelina but i mean they're both oh yeah very much so I, both, I was just saying yeah that. they're both edible yeah. and yeah so anyways uh, like i said i'm i'm over here kind of went in with probably some boastful pride that i shouldn't have had and uh not only met some fantastic people who have stayed awesome friends in contact uh, with us over the years. In fact, some of them are going to come over in January and, and deer hunt with us uh, that we met on this place on a different trip, I believe. Yeah, that was but, uh, but either way, I mean, just don't, yeah, try not to build a bias against stuff that you don't experience. I mean, go go experience it for yourself. The cool thing about Thompson's also was that as long as you were ram hunting, the pigs were free. Yeah, the pigs were free, and I did find a pig on you that did. trip. You did find a pig. It was a little black pig, and TJ went and killed that pig with his bow. I cannot tell you how many people were, I mean, because you're not really there by yourself. There's other people there. And there was a couple of people were pretty mad at TJ that he just went and killed that little pig with his bow when they had been trying to shoot it with a rifle. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of guys. Uh, it was a, uh, it was pretty well known. They don't stock pigs on this place or anything, but they moved through, and it was pretty well known that one had been seen. And I went in and stalked through some brush and ended up getting a pretty good shot on this thing as it was walking through some brush at about 30 yards and made it count and made a really good shot and that was actually the first feral pig I'd ever shot and I was ecstatic but as pigs do you made a little noise when the arrow went through them and we had some guys close enough to hear some of that and the uproar 
had started That's because crazy. yeah there had been a couple of guys who made it their pretty pretty much their sole mission to take a pig off of this place and this was the only one seen for the trip but uh anyways and the other thing about this place and it's not an advertisement but just maybe it'll open some minds i don't know um you can make this as hard or as easy as you want i mean there were definitely some animals there that hadn't been there long hadn't quite wised up to the game uh but you know definitely would serve a great purpose for a kid starting out taking their first animal being able to show somebody starting out their first animal uh, that anatomy like, that was like in the big pen though but you know in the open range pen or whatever it was called so yeah he's got was... his he's got his ranch split into a couple of different portions yeah and yeah they he had some some animals that weren't super keen to stuff and i think the oldest fellow that was there on that trip was close to 80 and took one of those animals and was ecstatic that he was able to continue his hunting passion and that was great to see and opened my eyes to hey maybe this actually does serve some purpose yeah and that one that one guy was i mean he shot um a sheep um not in the in the big pen but in the open range pen or whatever you want to call it he uh shot that real woolly sheep what was that called yeah like a uh, like a rambolet type or, or merino type yeah. yeah just just like a wool sheep that but, hadn't I mean, been shorn he, he shot that with his longbow and then i mean and he still shot a, with a gun you know um in the big pen but i mean he went and so judy's mentioning like the big pen the open range pen kind of thing so there's a there's a portion of the ranch that is you know quite frankly a, a smaller portion um, the opportunity just is going to be higher. They've only got water in one part of the place. So if you pay attention and everything, you're going to get some shots. But uh, it is a smaller portion, and it's fenced really securely. And then there's another, like the majority of the ranch uh, is also high fence, but water gaps and everything else have blown out. And... You know, we were we were told when we got there that hey, there might be some odd out on here that I don't know about. There might be some access deer on here that I don't know about because they're really crafty about getting in and out of the fence, and they kind of come and go. So uh, you know, it was not free range. I won't say it's free range, but it wasn't exactly secure either. But uh, anyways, like like I said, not making it anything that it's not. But we got to see some fantastic, awesome stuff. A country that we'd never seen, some animals we'd never seen. I think you think I did a kid. On yeah, that. <laughs> I, I got to help a kid take his first animal, and that was an absolute joy. Um, I think I took uh, Audad you with my bow that trip, yep. uh, which oh. was a very small one, a young one. Yeah, it was. But I, I mean, out of that whole thing, what was really neat is there when he was shot that Audad, there was another Audad that had a baby. And guys, I wanted to take that baby home. It was so little. Of course, we couldn't because we live in New Mexico. If we lived in Texas, we probably could have. Oh, but uh, yeah, there was a ewe that had gotten in and had a baby. And uh, and she came back, claimed the, claimed the kid. So that was all good. Judy took a, what'd you take on the first I trip? Took you took Texas doll. Texas doll sheep, a nice one. Yeah. Um, so we had an absolute great time, a blast. And that was our honeymoon. And like I said, we came home with a couple of uh, black buck does, a couple of black bucks, a couple of 
sheep. Yeah. And I saw my first albino white-tailed deer that trip. Yeah, a, like native free-ranging yeah. white-tail yeah. low fence. Yeah. And it was really cool on the way to Thompson's place. There was like other places that had, you could tell where they had breeding pens of white-tailed deer. And then we saw a giraffe and we saw kudu and we saw simbox. Simbox? Yeah, scimitar mixed with gimsbuck. Yep, simbuck. scimitar horned orcs yep. yep and arabian orcs i believe we saw some of those yeah so the you know basically when it boiled down and we had some time to t- kind of decompress and talk about it um our take on it which we're not asking anybody else share this but might shed some light is thank goodness all of hunting is not what we experienced in texas but thank goodness there's a place that is texas yeah. <laughs> like that uh, it, i mean frankly the opportunity that is there is an added opportunity and to get somebody into the sport or somebody new some experience it's it serves an awesome purpose and before we left there and this will be kind of the last thing I say about it uh, one of the guys that was in camp with us I like I said my my boastfulness and my pride was definitely broken down over the trip and he started asking about the elk hunts and everything that we had done and I was you know eager to share but trying not to be boastful and he started showing me the pictures of his elk hunts and he started talking about how he had recently done a backpack mule deer trip and a successful one and I was sitting here thinking like what in the world is this guy doing here and he laughed and said you know what anybody that uh, fishes a trout pond that has been stocked that says this isn't hunting but believes that is fishing is a hypocrite <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure that I completely agree I think there's probably some gray in there but he's got a point and I think that's a point that's a fair one yeah I mean I do feel like it's fair but I also feel like practicing is extremely important and going to a place that gives you the opportunity and you know to be basically a hundred percent successful I mean it gives you the time to 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 learn to learn more to learn more about how you feel when you pull your bow back or when you're on your trigger sticks and you know what it feels like before you're going to shoot that and at least there you don't feel so pressured you know like whenever you're out in you know going on an elk hunt and there's no 20 yards away at least it kind of it sets your mind to to be prepared I mean it's uh, there's a different kind of feeling of taking an animal regardless of what you're doing and I mean it's completely different than just target shooting I mean it is to me anyways kind of a yeah kind of a live trial run and the benefits of it are great you get to fill the freezer too because I mean we still chased we I mean yeah we we still chased the rams. I mean, we still used our rangefinders. We still, you know, had to make sure that other rams weren't behind that ram or, you know, can I make that shot through this tree or, you know, I mean, the oh, and the terrain was pretty gross. It was pretty rocky. I mean, it wasn't too bad the whole time. Um I mean, nothing compared to my coos hunt, but to uh, but I mean, but it, it it still gave you the 
something I don't know a New Mexico hunt. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, a mountainous type hunt. So, yeah. anyways, uh, so yeah, that was our honeymoon, and it was an awesome experience, and I one that I wouldn't trade. So, uh, speaking of your coos hunt, we're at about 30 minutes into this already, but... Uh, I think we should go ahead and talk about my coos hunt because... Um, that's the latest hunt we've done together, right? Yeah, well, I mean, besides my mule deer, but my mule deer and my coos deer, they were both uh, pretty short hunts. <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean, but your coos deer was the most recent. It's fresh on our mind, so I think we could talk about it. So... Uh, for Judy's birthday, I decided to do something that I suggest all husbands do because me she too. seemed to like it. It was awesome. What'd I do? Um, he put me in for an Arizona license for coos deer and I drew. And I can't believe I drew. And we went, um, I guess you call it the boot hill of Arizona? Uh, no, not, no, not really. Uh, kind of across the line from it, it was in southeastern Arizona we'll put it that we're not going to tell a unit because we might like to do this again next year yeah it but was, uh, it was pretty awesome <laughs> it, it was it was one of the southeastern Arizona units and uh yeah we went and saw some really really beautiful country that I would like to someday maybe go in and maybe actually backpack that country a little bit but um we... there's a there's a fair bit of illegal activity sign going on in there people oh i was talking about the first spot we went to oh all yeah the aspen trees it was well don't get too carried away and terrain will give away where we were <laughs> but, well, i don't even know if they were aspens there was beautiful trees yeah so we pretty pretty mix pretty good mix of terrain and habitat yeah. um i'm just giving judy a hard time it's all in the mountains it was all mountainous <laughs> um but the first spot, I'd we didn't actually go and test the waters there. There were some other hunters, so we decided to back out of that spot. And we went to, because I mean, even though there was plenty of room for there to be multiple hunters, we just decided to go ahead and back out. And we went to a different spot, and we thought the different spot was going to be lower country. It was still high country, but it was more of the coos terrain that we're used to. But I kid you not, it was still not anything compared to what I'm used to. That was the most physically demanding hunt I have ever been on. And we, I mean, my phone said we only walked four miles, and I don't believe that. Those coos deer have... Like they're they're half mountain goat. I'm pretty sure they <laughs> they were standing on the side of some stuff that was pretty sheer and just really steep, so brushy, nasty. nasty stuff. Yeah. Um. I'm, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty crazy. I was I have my I don't know. I'm I'm definitely out of shape feeling my age this year. But uh, I guess you'd say maybe my hunting legs under me. I've been going pretty hard got to guide some hunts so I've been in the mountains a lot this year and I was definitely sucking wind and feeling sorry for myself and it was, and it was I mean it was 70 degrees it was a it was a nice beautiful was not cold at all um and uh but anyways we went up this ridge um or up this mountain and just started glassing didn't see anything saw some sign yeah, let, saw, led us yeah, to believe that yeah, there were deer we, in the area yeah, yeah saw sign i mean we definitely saw the poop and deer tracks and you know all that good stuff and we um went around 
decided to kind of sit in glass and I am so glad that we bought um, good pinos. Um, yeah, we've been trying to upgrade some gears the last few years yeah. as we can. And, and I will have to say that if we wouldn't have had our, our new binoculars, um, I, I just don't think we would have seen these deer. So, or maybe we would have, it just would have taken a lot longer. So this will be no surprise to anybody because we're probably incredibly unprofessional, but we have uh, no real ties or affiliations with brands or anything. So if we tell you that we like something, um, it's strictly because we like it. And we have one exception to that, and I am like uh, sarcastically big whoop, <laughs> uh, a field staff shooter for Gold Tip. But Gold Tip uh, has good arrows. And I've been shooting Gold Tip for a long, long time, shot them for a long time before I got signed up with them, and Tim over there has been very great to us. But uh, they, they give me a discount that I'm not supposed to talk about but I still buy my arrows. I don't get them free. And, you know, they've treated us well. So that's our only real brand affiliation. We don't get any monetary uh, compensation from them. They aren't aware of our podcast because <laughs> we're brand new and I haven't told them about it or anything like that. But uh, anyways, so all the rest of the stuff, if we get a discount, it's because of our jobs or whatever that has led us to that. But um, we're not like tied specifically to any other brands but the that's a long story short to say the binoculars that we have that she's talking about the ones that i bought are maven binoculars which i've been extremely impressed with and i'm always trying to find personally the best bang for your buck um, i love quality but don't have a ton of money to spend on the higher stuff and if i was let loose in a room Full of different brands obviously i'd probably pick up a pair of swarovskis and never look back and would love to have those but i just with small kids and a family and everything else we can't really justify the cost and so that led me to going down the rabbit hole finding mavens and maven has been fantastic to us great quality for the price especially um, very comparable to some of the higher end brands i say that but I think they are a higher end brand in my mind and their customer service has been great uh, Judy we have some some folks that entered our life this last year who have been awesome to us and left us with a pair of binoculars uh, with Judy's name on them and those are the SIG Kilo binoculars and they are awesome binoculars too they have a rangefinder in them <laughs> They are range-finding binoculars, and they're awesome. They're super cool. Um, so, guys, we are probably going to have a fair bit of road noise. I'm going to put this on pause for just a few minutes while we get over some of this washboard stuff. We'll be right back. Okay, everybody, we are back on blacktop, so hopefully this doesn't include quite as much road noise. Um, but we'll get off of gear for now. We'll probably go down some of the rabbit hole of the gear that we use another time. But uh, anyways, to Judy's statement, our binoculars absolutely hold all the credit for us on this trip because we found deer. And, and, the, and those coast deer are small. It's not like they're not like they're big animals. I think I told you I glassed up uh, ear twitch, and at that point we were about 1,100 yards away. Yeah, and uh, we 
we sat there and, you know, watched them for a good while, and then we decided to go ahead and get closer. We, we saw they were bucks, yeah. Yeah, we, your, D, TJ did definitely see that they were bucks, um, and I actually saw that they were bucks at that point. Um, we went, and we got to about 650 yards away, and um, I went ahead and tried, um, I, I did try a shot there, and... Um, it was obvious that we didn't quite know our holdover. We and, yeah. <laughs> we were definitely going to be playing with rifle scopes a little bit, but yes, we, um, we did some dry fire drills first. Yeah, I was I was pretty worked up, guys. I mean, it's uh, I have I have been wanting to shoot a coos deer for I, I mean I've gone through two long coos deer hunts, um, twenty over twenty days of coos deer hunts um, in freezing weather. Um, and I, I hadn't got one. I mean, my first coos deer hunt, um, Tate was, um, 10 uh, no, was a year old. That's our and, little boy, by yeah, the way. Oh, and, um, I, I mean, he was a year old and then it was. And in camp with us. So we were back camp, and forth a lot. Yeah. yeah, back and forth. It was, oh man, it was terrible. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I just, I am really not good in the cold weather, guys. And, um. And that second hunt, my sister got one, and we had I, recently found out that just, you were pregnant. Yeah, right? just found out we were pregnant with my daughter, and um, so we so, didn't we didn't push it super hard physically that time. Yeah, I it, I mean I, I could I couldn't do it whenever I was pregnant with my daughter. I I I don't know. I was pretty wimpy whenever I was pregnant with my daughter. I was like felt like Iron Man with with my son. So, but besides the point. So the shot, I, I will say, I'm, <laughs> I was pretty anxious for her. I was pretty worked up. I was glad that I wasn't the one shooting. But we did some dry fire drills. We did some breathing drills. We were prone off a pack. Yeah. It's a doable distance, 650. It's a long shot. It's a tough shot. And uh, it ended up being a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty close call, really, at that range. Yeah, but, but I just I wasn't confident, and I said, I, I mean, um, I'm not going to lie, guys. I said, this sucks, and I don't want to shoot this far. <laughs> so um, She has a way of getting my attention. Yes, yeah, so after... <laughs> um, after after that we decided to go ahead and move closer and um which i wasn't thrilled about because like i said i (laughs) i was uh i was pretty confident in judy's ability i've seen her shoot she's a great shot and i was pretty sure that if we kept trying that uh, she was going to get another poke at it and end up closing the deal but uh, she didn't want to and you know that's uh, you know, I've heard it said that a shot passed is not a, is never a bad shot, and that's true. So, as a shooter, as somebody who wants to see someone find success, you want them to put lead in the air. But at the same time, as a shooter, Judy made an awesome call and said, "Hey, I'm done with this part. We're not doing this anymore, and uh, we're getting closer." And that meant that we were gonna go completely off of one mountain all the way down to the desert floor and get on a whole nother mountain and it was rough oh it was rough i mean the, the i sweated something terrible i'm pretty i mean it was awful it, was, it got hot it and the i i fell a couple of times um i'm really glad that i was wearing good hunting boots if you don't have good hunting boots i suggest you get them Get those cowboy boots, kick them off, and get some lace-up hunting boots, guys. We've both ruined our feet pretty much from trying to use cheap footwear. Yeah. I've ruined my back from cheap packs. (laughs) It's just just not worth it. But It's uh, it's really not. 
I say that 650 yards it doesn't seem like that's one mountain to the next but it really was uh it was, really was we were basically shooting cross canyon i say we because i was there and involved judy was basically shooting across canyon at these deer uh at a, i guess you'd call it a pair, yeah i don't know a, a line distance of 650 yards and if we dropped off the canyon made kind of a t with another tributary draw canyon if we dropped off and crossed that and got back on the ridge directly adjacent to where the deer were, we knew that it was going to close the gap a fair bit. We didn't know how much at this point, but we guessed that it would get us probably within about 400 yards, which is uh, much more a practiced shot for Judy and something that we were much more confident in. Yeah, so um, we got up on these rock bluffs. We were literally sitting on rock bluffs. Um, and The I... deer, by the way, when we, when we were moving, I was trying to keep an eye on the deer. And we watched the deer. They didn't really react to the miss. Uh, they just kind of fed around the corner into some thicker brush. And it was just a tight little pocket. So we knew they, they hadn't left. We didn't know where they were exactly. Yeah, so... Um... I got my little tuna sandwich out because at that point I needed to eat something. Um, I needed to eat because the terrain was so terrible. I was getting a little shaky. Not because like shaky because of missing and all that. But anyways. It was, I was super hot. I think I ended up pruning us a little yep. brush, brush blind, a little brush cave yeah, out so we could shade up a little bit. Yep. And um, like as I was literally eating my little tuna sandwich uh or tuna crack or tuna yeah one of those yeah, little said, pre-made tuna snack meals like, or whatever there's a deer and that was with my naked eye and i picked up my binoculars and i couldn't find him i couldn't find him and i was like okay wherever he just was was like 350 yards like it was just right there so um of course, I panicked because I'm like, 350 yards, my goodness, we have got to grab the gun and get rid of the the tree saw and the tuna wrappers and all this stuff. And I'm frantic and probably not my most patient moment in the world <laughs> with Judy, poor thing, but she uh, was a champ. And I said, where was it? And she said, I don't know, like 350. And I said, okay, like by what tree or something? And uh, she said, I don't know, I lost it. And so I was trying to get her to describe where she thought she had seen it. And the by the green tree doesn't always, <laughs> doesn't always do it. So we had to find the dead tree and then I had to tell him to go down and there was a little tree by a big tree. And the little tree was in an open area. Everybody's like, keeping track so far, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it wasn't the best thing. So after, what, maybe 10 minutes? If you want to work on your communication skills as a couple, <laughs> yeah. uh, walking each other in on objects that you've glassed up with terrain that has virtually zero landmarks in it is a great practice <laughs> it's a it's a good uh, trial run yeah but finally tj picked them up and behind that bush was not just one deer there was four there was four bucks yeah there were there were four coos bucks all bedded behind a little bush that didn't look big enough to cover one of them up but i could see a ear twitch here and an antler there and I finally picked up a back leg stretched out kind of from one of the bucks in his bed and just started picking it apart. And you would think this would be pretty obvious at 350 yards, but it wasn't. It was not. And <laughs> uh, one thing what, what kind of was 
very frustrating for me is um, uh, getting the deer in my in my scope and in my scope um, I just couldn't I, I mean at 350 yards I couldn't see really that I mean I knew they were bucks in in my binos but in my gun I I couldn't necessarily I mean I could tell but I couldn't tell that they were a buck I, so it's very very frustrating we're we're looking at some rifle scope upgrades yes. for our next upgrades for Judy because yes. she she did fantastic and made what we had work but it just goes to show that uh, there's no substitute for clear glass sometimes yeah but anyways I uh, I actually missed again and uh, I mean I got a buck stood up and it was the bigger buck and which there was uh, no joke hair flu I mean it was a very narrow miss yeah, um, <laughs> but but I did I, I I mean I missed and we watched him browse on some bushes and stuff about 20 30 yards from where he was shot at and uh, I mean he was perfectly fine watched him for several minutes yeah, and but not too terribly long after and after I got myself composed and everything else um, another one, buck walked another down buck and was walking down stood right where that one had just stood just stood the exact same spot and I shot and I was just like I'm pretty sure I missed that did not feel good at all and TJ's like you got him <laughs> so this deer yeah, Judy immediately the gun went off and because I, I Judy mean, picked her head up and the way he re the way he reacted in my eyes was that like I hit like rocks or something by him. I didn't realize that I had actually hit him. She, she actually made a really good shot because you're small targets, <laughs> and uh, she made a really good shot. It ended up being just a touch further back than we'd hoped, yeah. um, but definitely caught the back of one lung and liver. But, uh, and he immediately went down and brushed up and bedded down. Yep, and we gave him about an hour. Yeah. And then we decided to go ahead and go. Push, uh, kind of push him. Yeah. yeah go down and <laughs> we went into this one draw because, of course, you had to go down before you went up. And <laughs> there was a really nice goose deer in that draw, guys. <laughs> Ended up, it was the it was the bigger buck, the yep. one that she had originally, the, the one she had cut hair on for yep. 350, the one she missed. So we watched him, uh, you know, at 20 yards, just kind of run away. <laughs> yep, tuck his tail up over his, yep. curl it up over his back and yeah, trot off. He was so close, I could have pet him. And uh, anyways, me and TJ went and we're going up the mountain now. And there was thick, pokey brush. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I've been calling it red brush because it has a real reddish stalk on it, real green leaves. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's... I don't know. It's real oily stuff, uh, manzanita or something. I'm not real sure what it is. I'm not very good at botany things, but uh, it was incredibly stout, incredibly dense, and yeah, it was it was rough. <laughs> um, Judy just gave me the signal that we're running out of time, but uh, so we'll we'll kind of cut the chase. But ended up we bumped her buck he was we, on his we bumped another buck first yeah bumped another buck that was bedded basically don't, with him don't shoot it <laughs> yeah, her, her buck was on his very last legs and as soon as we bumped him he fell right over and um, it was kind of a sad deal that he was still kicking at that point but judy made quick work of a follow-up shot 
Yeah, follow-up shot, like, sliding. Yeah. I mean, I, I slid, got stopped, and then shot him at, at 10 yards. Yeah, 10 yards. And, uh, you know, that's the humane thing to do. Um, probably wasted a little meat on the front shoulder on that thing. There's not a lot of meat on them anyways. But uh, basically, long story short, after several years, several attempts, Judy had her first coos deer. And he's a really... I say cute, respectively, <laughs> but he's a very handsome little three by three, three by three, a little six point, um, a young deer and one that, you know, big trophy coos hunters probably would say, Hey, that would be a great one, uh, in a couple of years. But you know what? It was a great one for us this year and it was worth every penny, hour, mile, step, whatever you want to call it. And he tastes really good. Yeah. He's fantastic. Uh, we actually cooked an entire front shoulder off of him in the Instapot, which I know is kind of sacrilege, but <laughs> it turned out fantastic. It yep. was great. And uh, if anybody is curious about anything on how we cook stuff, we'd be more than happy to share. We're just bumbling and I'm kind of dumb in how I do stuff. So I've got three or four go-to methods, <laughs> three or four go-to methods that work really well for us. Um, but I know everybody is always looking to make better use of their game meat. And so there, but we, first day, one day. Yep, first day. One day hunt, and we are adamant believers that it doesn't have to be a long hunt to be a good hunt. That is very true. And this was a great hunt for this year. And and I, and I was so sore that next day, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I could have woke up the next morning. <laughs> our poor kids, I tell you what, I was an overshare on the last podcast about our poor daughter and her ailments, but I was stressed about it. Um, but yeah, so this was early December and we were coming home and our kid who is in pre-kindergarten and they love to share everything especially illnesses at this age apparently uh, started throwing up yeah. <laughs> on the car ride home and that was that ended up being a pretty long-lasting stomach bug that took a couple trips to the doctor to get resolved so I'm glad that we're all better now yes. we're, we're all on the mend everybody uh, I cannot tell you how grateful I am to be just well and have kids that are well and that's such a blessing but uh, anyways we are pulling up to our destination point so I think we're going to call it quits and yeah. uh, until next time thanks for joining us and we really do say that genuinely uh, this is a fun I call it silly but just a, I mean it really is a fun adventure for us we're excited to be doing this so anybody that is enjoying this Send us a message or something. I don't know. Uh, comment on one of our posts. I don't know. Be interactive with us. We want to be able to to see some of the people enjoying this. And we're glad that somebody is. So, uh, happy hunting. Happy hunting, guys.